Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. NordVPN.com slash Fightful makes my browsing experience better. Way better than yours if you don't use it. Why? Because I can block online trackers. I can block annoying pop-up ads and malware. I can browse safely, securely, wherever I am, even if I'm right here on all my devices. This laptop, actually this is a desktop, what, what am I saying? But this laptop right here, this phone right here, that router over there, the TV over there, all with NordVPN.com slash Fightful. You can also save on pay-per-views. Maybe you want to check out AEW without commercials. Maybe you miss the old WWE Network. Maybe you want to buy a big UFC pay-per-view with an overseas service at a much more affordable rate. NordVPN.com slash Fightful not only has you covered, but when you get one of their plans, you're effectively going to save yourself money. And I'm going to save you some more. Four months free on top of that deal and a 30-day money-back guarantee. NordVPN.com slash Fightful. What's up, you guys? Sean Rossap, Fightful, here with a name you know. Where, where haven't you seen him? WWE, NXT UK, but now you're going to see him impact under siege May 26th in London, Ontario, as he and Mark Andrews take on ACB, one of the hottest tag teams in the world right now. We got Flash Morgan Webster. How's it going, man? Hey, man, I'm good. I'm, I'm good. I'm uh, really happy to be here as well. Be uh, cool chat stuff. I actually uh, asked WWE to interview you and Mark, I believe, a few years ago. And at the time, they were like, oh, we're not giving UK talent to uh, domestic outlets and all that. I think it was just their excuse. But uh, now I'm finally making it happen. I don't know if I ever told you that, did I? We, well, we never knew about that. That was I the case. Never, never, never got told. I think at that point they thought they could just get away with not giving me interviews. So <laughs> they were happy to just say whatever they could to do that. But now uh, we're here. We're going to talk about – man, we, we got a lot of stuff we can talk about because we've never done an interview before. But specifically, nope. I want to jump into the last few years because you have had a wild last few years. Um we were talking off the air. You said it's been like 2010 since you've been to Canada and since before COVID, since you've been to this continent, now you're returning. How are you feeling heading into this, which is a, a big match against one of the hottest teams in wrestling at under siege? 
yeah, I'm just I'm just really excited again. Like, what did Mark say to me the other day? Mark was like, he's like, after you know COVID and we wrestled for a long time uh, with no fans as well, and then kind of you know all the NXT UK stuff happened, and then we were trying. I had an injury, he had an injury, uh, and then trying to find our feet again. Mark was like, even I feel like a real wrestler again. <laughs> That's yeah. what Mark said to me. I feel like a real wrestler again. He's like, we're gonna go, we're gonna go out to uh, long haul flights. We're gonna have a bit of fun. He said we're uh, challenging for the tag team belts. On TV as well, he was like, "I'm really excited," and I'm again, I am as well. So yeah, we look forward to it. So who reaches out to you to make this a reality? Like who from Impact is is uh, making sure that you guys are, are coming in? Uh, it's all through Mark, really. Um, uh, again, I think he has. Again, he was at TNA back in the day, uh, has that connection and stuff like that. So I think there was a conversation uh, in regards to coming in, and I think they literally yeah, love the idea of me and Mark as a team. And we expect like, okay, maybe we'll come in and maybe we'll do, you know, some cool little bits and pieces and, and that'll be it. And maybe we get, I get the tech, I get to take it off the list. Mark gets to come back and show everyone the wrestler he's become over the last couple of years. And then Mark's like, Hey, I think that we're going to be challenging for the Titan championships. And I was like, no way. And he was like, yeah, we are. So yeah, that's, that's really cool. It just came from Mark having that connection out there. And uh, I think it was as soon as they knew it was a possibility to have us, they were straight on it. And they liked that idea of, uh, of us guys going against the champs. And there's there's a lot of wrestling this weekend. There's a ton. But this match specifically, I'm excited for as much as any because you guys are facing Chris Bay and, and Ace Austin. And when they got paired together, I was just like, well, of course. They, they fit together so well. Their personalities play off of one another. They are, you look at them and you're like, they are television stars. You can tell that they yeah. are going to succeed together when you find out that those are the two guys that you're you're booked against, especially considering the fact that you guys have faced some really great teams, what goes through your mind? Like, like how how do you digest that? Yeah, as you said, we've we've wrestled some some great great teams. Everyone's been completely different. You really have to do it case by case, match by match. But the thing that makes this really interesting is we wrestled them what three weeks ago at one uh, PW in a ladder match. Yeah, and those guys are legit. Those guys really are. So. It was great to be in there with them in that ladder match setting, but there were two other teams, so it'll be uh, it'll be great to see what happens when. Uh, well, is it two on two? Yeah, two on two uh, comes off, and hey, now there's now there's gold on the line as well. I love it, uh, and as I mentioned, a, a wild few years for you. I mean, everybody had a wild few years with COVID. That that like just threw a wrench into everything. But I mean, you've you battled injuries. You've had, I, I don't know if they're contract disputes based on what I've heard, but you, you passed on contract extensions and the like. You've had a, a remarkable physical transformation over the last few years as well, looking great in the ring. Uh, and then, of course, outside of WWE as well. Starting with around COVID, like what, how does that approach and and that situation affect you directly because it affected the entire wrestling world yeah um it was just a crazy crazy time like 2019 was every year like i always set myself goals and you always think like this year can't be topped like when i got to do bowlers like next year can't be topped and then i get signed as like next year can't be topped and then me and mark do uh me and mark become the first ever welsh champions in WWE history and we're like okay it can't be topped and then all of a sudden we're on Monday Night Raw wrestling for the Raw Tag Team Championships. It's like, okay, this can't be top. And then we're at Dusty Classic, like this can't be top. And it just kept going and going. And we felt like we were on this right track. And it was, like, as I said, we had 
We had that ladder match at Blackpool takeover. We had the uh, first Welsh Champions in WWE history. We wrestled on Raw for the Raw Tag Team Championships. We had that match-stealing match with the Broseweights in the Dusty Classic that everyone was raving about. And we just felt like we were on this roll and we were all clicking. It was snapped together. And that was that was in the uh, in the January. And then February then, we came back over and had this great showing in uh, uh, some York tapings for NXT UK. And then March, it all just shut down. All just completely shut down, and you're just like, well, what? I've just, I've been in and out the house. I haven't, I haven't sat in this house and looked around it in, in months. And not only that, I'm, I'm with my, I'm with my now fiance, but at the time my girlfriend. And in my head, I was thinking, we haven't probably spent more than a day or two together in about ten years because I'm just <laughs> wrestling, wrestling, wrestling. So that's a real, that's a real strain too. You kind of like, is she gonna hate me by the end of this? Is she gonna? But luckily, she didn't, of course. But yeah, it was just. 2019 and the start of 2020 was just bam, 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 bam. And to go from that to you're locked in, you can't go anywhere, you can't do anything. And we were, I said, we were in a very tight lockdown for a very, very long time as well. So, yeah, it was a real, real struggle mentally, physically, everything. And I mean, you guys really the a lot of the tag team scene in UK was really starting to transcend over here, and we were starting to see a lot of buzz around like. Uh, I think it was maybe the the Wolfgang, Mark Coffey, and there was Gibson and Drake. There was that triple threat match, which was unbelievable. And then there was the ladder match as well, like that that happened. And then the one that you mentioned against the Broserweight. So there was this hot streak and this buzz surrounding specifically the tag team scene in UK. Yeah. That's got to be demoralizing. Like after that, to get rolling like that, to get that buzz, and then it just comes to a screeching halt. Yeah, it really was. It's it, it, like, and then it kind of takes away your power because then they were like, "Okay, we're we're gonna come back," and it came back slowly. And then we're in this arena with with no fans and no noise. And I'll be honest with you, I think that one of the biggest assets to us was they put us places on the cards or they put us places in matches, and they just go, "This would be a nice little cool match." And then me and Mark would always manage to get a really good reaction yeah. out of the crowd, and you know, get stand ovations and stuff like that. I can remember this this one match we had with the vets. Uh, I think it was like the two or three tapings after we'd uh, we lost the tag belts. And I think it was put in as like, this would be a good little match. And the crowd were quiet all night. And we managed to get this stand ovation off this crowd. And, I, and, and we had a conversation with uh, Shawn Michaels afterwards. And it just felt like, like oh, at any point you could put us in the card, and we're going to get a reaction out of this crowd. And that is our secret weapon. We are, we're over with this crowd. And then to be in these these quiet studios where you're being put in certain places and you're, you know, you're being told, this is what we want, this is what you want. And our secret weapon's not there anymore. Our fans aren't there to kind of show us what we're doing a good job and to show them as well that this is something you should push and you should go after. And it was just such a struggle for us to find that balance of what they wanted, what we thought was good wrestling, what came across well on TV. And yeah, kind of that section especially was very, very hard to uh, kind of get used to. And I think that was something that was kind of stopped our momentum completely, if I'm totally honest. Osprey was telling me that like re in an interview we just did, he was like, man, it'll drive you nuts to wrestle in front of nobody. He's like, it's one thing to wrestle in front of like a few people and at least they're making noise. He's like, but in front of nobody, that'll drive you crazy because <laughs> you'll doubt yourself and be like, is this working? And, and you don't know until you, you that, that is one thing where you kind of got to lean on like, well, what are the agents saying? What are, what are the fans that are watching saying? Like there's so much. You mentioned Shawn Michaels. How was he to, to work with when he was doing those? This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? 
read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp.com slash Fightful. Uh, yeah, like, yeah, we kind of called him at the time the voice of God. You'd have these matches in complete <laughs> silence and you'd hear nothing and then you'd finish your match and you don't know if it was good, and then sometimes you'd come on over the, over the time and be like, great stuff, guys, you smashed it, and you're like, oh, so it was good, and then other times you get like, maybe he wanted you to slow down, and maybe you wanted it a little bit, you know, slower pace for the for the TV stuff, and you thought maybe you should go a little bit faster, because that's what you do usually, or that's what you would do and get the crowd on side, and then he'd come on the top and go, yep, thanks, good stuff, and you're like, did we not get that right? Was it? But again, it was, sometimes you were filming so much TV, and they were having to cycle in, cycle out, that sometimes even when you smashed it, he would just be like, yep, good job, because he knows he's got to move to the next thing. They've got to get you out so they can have that five minute where they clean the ring and then get the next set in because they were so tight on COVID restrictions. So, yeah, he was great as usual. Always gave us good feedback, emailed him and stuff like that. He always got great stuff for us to uh, hear. But it was, uh, yeah, it was really difficult to uh, kind of gauge what you were doing well or wasn't doing well. When he told you it was good, you knew it was great. But sometimes, you know, he had to keep that, that machine moving and, you didn't kind of get the praise you were you were hoping for. And unfortunately, you sustained an injury. How did that process happen, like, from start to finish? Like, how did you sustain it and, and the process of even getting cleared to come back? Because, uh, I mean, that, that's another thing where, where we talked about how you had so many years consecutively where you were on a roll. Then, unfortunately, COVID happens. Then, unfortunately, there's an injury that happens. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. Even even when I was on that roll, like the injury was there. So like the first first time this happened was me versus Zack Saber Junior in the uh, the Cruiserweight Class in qualifying match. Like I get my ankle kicked at one point and it fractures, and then I do a dive and it Oof. fractures again. And then I carry on stupidly, carry on wrestling. Any young wrestler listening now, it's not it really isn't worth it. Stop it. Live to fight another day. But I carried on, and then I dislocated my shoulder, which tore my labrum and my rotator cuff. And then I got it repaired uh, a couple of months later and I was up for almost a year. So I came back 2017 and it just kept something that just kept bothering me because I, I opted to have smaller surgery instead of a bigger one to try to get back fast because the uh, UK tournament had just happened. And I really wanted to be a part of that and get involved. And then uh, I, if I believe it was it was all right, I had a bit of a, bit of a wobble in 2018 with it uh, doing a UK tour when I wrestled for the UK championship against Pete Dunne. I was out for a month, like a month, I think it was, and I rehab and came back. And then 2019, the start of that, I think we were like maybe 
three months out from takeover Cardiff and I dislocated my shoulder again. And it was literally, I was on the cusp of them going like, we might not be able to put you on takeover Cardiff. And I was like, no, oh, wow. <laughs> we are putting me on takeover Cardiff. They're like, Shoot, you might need surgery. And I was like, they were like, it's up to you. I was like, I don't want surgery. I, I want to go to takeover Cardiff. I want to get it done. I <clears throat> uh, went there. Uh, we won the match. And then uh, the we had the ladder match and it was playing up again. And I kind of, you know, want to get it done. The Dusty come in, the ladder match come in. I thought, I'll get those out of the way and then I'll get sorted. And then that, and then those went well. And you're like, maybe I can make it go a little bit longer. We'll see how, I'll see how much I can get out of this. And then until I really need surgery and then the world shut down. And then I thought, I'm just going to rehab this for six months, seven months or whatever long we're in lockdown. Rehabbed it, came back and they were like, this is a real good Nick. Like you've done a real good job here, I think. You've avoided surgery, and I avoided surgery for what would be another year. And then uh, we were just in training. First day, first day of camp, literally just running some stuff. I took a clothesline, and it just came out. And I was like, oh, "Oh, okay, that's it. I was like, I need surgery. I'm going to get surgery. And I went, literally went and got the surgery, and it was, uh, if you see the scar there, it's a big old boy on the Oh, man. Big old boy on the shoulder. So, yeah, big old one. But it it really is stronger than it's ever been. Um, It feels better than it's ever been. So after those three years of me having to fight through and niggle and niggle and just kind of keep my head down and keep grafting and keep rehabbing. It's nice now to have a, uh, a fully working shoulder for once. And throughout this process, you know, there were a lot of questions about your contract status there. I've heard of contract offers, contracts being passed up, short-term extensions, but also somebody like me or anybody just watching, we don't know what, what, leverage WWE may have by the way of like freezing contracts due to injuries and a lot of stuff like that because every contract uh, can be different how did that work if you if you don't mind us telling because eventually you leave WWE but I mean there had been a lot of back and forth from what I understand about them trying to re-sign you and you being like I, I, don't, I don't know if this is the right deal for me so yeah, I think I think the COVID the COVID tapings definitely played a, a big part in how I felt at the time. Like, if I'll be honest, up until the start of twenty twenty, I thought me and Mark had been handled very very well. They were we were on roll. We were really really enjoying it. And those COVID tapings, we just really struggled. And then they kind of went to the BT studios and they before that, as we did takeover Cardiff, which had like five thousand people there, uh, sold out uh, takeover ballroom and stuff like that. Takeover Blackpool, which was again three thousand people there. We had Dublin that was supposed to be coming up as well, which again I thought I think it was like four or five thousand people. So these are really exciting things. We're again being in front of those crowds. As I said the crowd liked us as well, so we were able to kind of tick off a lot and use that to our our advantage. But those COVID tapings kind of really sapped a lot of of energy and a lot of passion out out of me. And and it was nothing to do with Gary. It was just kind of the model in which we were presented after COVID. And I was just kind of out at that point where I was like, man, I've been doing this now for a long time. I don't know if you could tell like other stuff was opening up and they were having bigger shows outside on the indies. And I was going, maybe I just kind of want to go out and, and do that. Maybe, maybe I want to see if I can find my love of it again. Cause almost a year we were wrestling in front of nobody or very small crowds, like a hundred people and stuff like that. And again, I think it's, it is the crowd are the most important things in getting that reaction. So yeah, they, my contract was up in April and I had to really kind of think about it and be like, do I want to stay here? Is this model going to change? Can I stay here? Is it? And of course, my shoulder was still up in the air and stuff like that. And I was like, ah, oh. because if I if I walk out in this contract now, they allow me to walk out and I'm injured. I think I've got another four months before yeah. I can wrestle. So I've got to think about 
my as I said my my then fiance as well because I wouldn't be able to if I can't wrestle I also can't work so I had to really think about that. But we were good in that sense. I kind of said to them like, uh, I I don't know if I want to, and they were like, Well, can we? Okay. Uh, well, first off, it was they offered me something, and I was just I was generally unsure. I was like, Okay, okay maybe this doesn't line up with what I what I think I'm worth, given how good our 2019 was and 20, beginning of 2020 was. And then they say, Okay, can we freeze it? And we'll come back to it. And I was like, Yeah, okay, cool. And then they froze it, and they were really good. And then they came back and offered me something else, and I was just. I just, again, didn't know whoever wanted, but I also just, again, thought, I've got, like, in my head, I went, I've got a number. I've got a number of what I want. And it, again, wasn't near it. And I said, it's not what I want personally. Yeah. And then they went, okay, we'll, 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 we'll sign an extension again. We'll have a look. And they came back. And then the, the third offer was there. And it was something I thought that I could work with. And I'll be honest with you, my thought process on this was, I'll sign this. This is the number that I'm in my head. I think this is this is a good number for me. This will take care of me and my family and stuff like that. And on top of that, I thought, let's see how this plays out over the next couple of months. A, with me getting this rehab sorted, but also hopefully we come out the other end of this and it will be, uh, we won't be post-COVID. It will be, uh, maybe we'll be in front of thousands of people again and everything will be back to normal. And I thought, well, if it's not, then maybe I can just kind of go, okay, I want my release and sure. we'll see what happens from there i thought again we'll we'll ask and see what happens but before i even got that chance really uh cardiff started coming around and i was like prince party <laughs> stadium oh my god this is this is it this is great this is great stuff and then we start hearing rumblings of hey like names are being thrown around this could be great this could be something we could do and and then nxt uk gets shut down and they cut us off and i'm like oh great thanks <laughs> So that, again, that's a that's a monumental decision that that obviously affects you. How did that conversation go when when the release happened? Because I remember you saying that you were kind of relieved by it because of a lot of this stuff that that was going on and the the tumultuous up and down, up and down of the brand and your booking and the contract and all that associated with it. Yeah, like I ain't gonna lie, it was absolutely getting like. The fact that they had their biggest show in the UK in 30 years, and it was in uh, Mark's hometown, 20 minutes from where I grew up. We learned to wrestle in that city. Like we would have loved to have to been on that show. The fact that Pete, the fact that Pete Dunn was on it filled our our hearts completely because he brought he the Brewsweight character was created in a community center. Yeah, 20 minutes down the road. So it was like it was perfect. Like loved the fact he was there and he was doing that, but. Yeah, just the thought it was like we're fingertip touching. Like we never, we ne I never thought I'd get to do the motor point, which we won the tag belts in. Yet alone do the uh, Millennium Stadium, Principality Stadium. But uh, yeah, it was it was a difficult one. Really was like to have it that close, and then to have it kind of not not just taken away and say oh, you're not doing it, but then kind of have your the rug pulled underneath, underneath you, and you're like you're not even part of the company anymore. And then you're a bit like, well, my identity for the last five six years has been. A WWE wrestler, but only a WWE wrestler, one of the few Welsh signed WWE wrestlers. So yeah, it was, it was tough. That that week was tough. And I know I speak for Mark and and Eddie Dennis and Wild Boar. We all found that week very tough, considering the biggest show to ever happen in Wales was also uh, happening the same week that we got released. And you know, it's funny you mentioned Pete Dunn, and we talked about your contract status and how on top of it they were. I think some of that is because of Pete Dunn and Adam Cole, because I don't know if you remember, but like. Six or seven months before that, they forgot 
that their deals were lapsing and Pete Dunn and Adam Cole were working without contracts for a brief period. And fortunately, they got Pete Dunn re-signed. Adam Cole ended up doing his short-term thing and then moving on to AEW. But I feel like after that, they were like, yeah, we better go over every single contract that we have with a fine-tooth comb. And that, that's probably why they were they were so on you about that, because they didn't want another situation like that where maybe your deal lapsed and all of a sudden you stroll right into Impact or AEW or something like that, and you're on TV one week after being on NXT UK. But it's it's wild how the chain reaction of that goes, and... I mean, obviously now you guys are doing great. You're, you got, you guys are being booked in some incredible matches. You mentioned the ladder match, where I believe you all team with uh, Wentz as well. But NXT UK is is on a bit of a hiatus, and there's word that NXT Europe is going to come back and all that stuff. Have, have you heard many like rumblings or anything about that from from people that you work with? Is that something that you'd even be interested in if it was presented to you down the line? I, I haven't heard much about it, to be honest. Um, I don't even know if it's going to be in the same vein as what NXT sure. UK was, like from what we've heard and said, that it looks like if it is going to become something, then it might be that they start picking up uh, Commonwealth athletes and yeah. uh, Olympians and all this other stuff. And who knows what that... Like, if, it, if that's what they do and they pick them up, and then it becomes a case of them going okay, now we need some experienced hands to come in and, and teach them and stuff like that. Um, again, I think I've got a lot. I think I've got a lot personally I want to achieve uh, before I hang up my, my boots or even if I just take a, a coaching position or before I am just somebody that they use to enhance other people. Um, I think that COVID told me that I kind of want to be in front of a crowd, a crowd that enjoys what I do and a crowd that I'm chasing that reaction and stuff like that. So if it's that model of things, I, I can't honestly tell you that's something that would interest me. Um, it's such a difficult thing, isn't it? It's it's again. I could say this to you, and I could, I could have like again this world <laughs> so fickle like that. I could have an injury in the next month or two. That shoulder could not be as good as I thought, and then they could offer me. And I go well. I'm still in wrestling. I get to kind of still be in the world of it, and I get to do it, even though I'm not able to do it physically anymore, or whatever. And maybe that's an option. But yeah, rest, at the moment, I want to be an active wrestler. And this is one of the reasons why we are going out to Canada and why we're going to be doing Impact and stuff like that. So yeah, if it's that model, I'm unsure. I don't think it's something I'd be interested in. But uh, I guess you just say never say never because you never know what's around the corner. Exactly. And we used to see you in the States a lot more, as we had mentioned, between PWG, uh, the Progress Tour and stuff like that. Is that something you're looking to do more or is it just a when a situation presents itself and makes sense, then you'll head over type of thing. Um, we were, uh, and I don't, know if, I don't know if Mark's going to give me, uh, Mark's, I'm getting in trouble here for saying this, <laughs> but we were approached, we were approached uh, by PWG uh, after we got released from uh, NXT UK and um, we just couldn't make it work. Yeah. There was, I think there was, uh, there was a booking clash and then there was something, I think maybe a month or two later where there was another approach for one of us to be in uh, Bowler and uh, some other stuff. And Mark had a baby on the way at the time and couldn't leave. He didn't want to leave the country, which I totally understand. So we just couldn't get to work. And then there was something in Canada that we were offered afterwards. And then there was a conflict with me and I couldn't do it. Um, so we, we, I'll be honest with you, the impact thing is kind of a bit of a relief because 
it feels like we came out of uh, WWE and then we had these offers kind of kind of floating around or this being offered, that being offered. And there were things we wanted to take, things that were exciting, yeah. things that would have kept that buzz going. And we we just couldn't we just couldn't do it because of conflicts of interest or, you know, you know, uh, calendar conflict and all this other stuff or other stuff going on in, in real life. And it's so difficult when stuff like that happens because you kind of see how people do stuff. You want to be like, you want to be there going, we got offered it too. We, it's ours. Like, <laughs> we, we, we promise we, we want to travel the world. We want to do these things. And you know that buzz creates buzz and hype creates hype. So when stuff like that happens, you want to be able to try to use that exposure to create more exposure and so on and so on. And we just weren't able to do it. So when Impact came along as well, we were kind of like, this is cool. We finally get to say yes to something, something that I've never done as well. Um, I haven't been to Canada in a long time. I haven't been stateside or anything like that in, in uh, nearly, nearly, yeah, over three years. So, yeah, it's really good that we get to tick that off. But on the same time, we also get to do it with Danny Luna as well, which is somebody that we've become very, very close to over the last couple of years. Uh, one of the things you did get to do in WWE, uh, working in Manchester for Raw against the Viking yeah. Raiders. How how are you told about that? Like, how far ahead do you find out? And how do you feel doing that? Because, I mean, obviously, you're there to to like do it serve a dual purpose there you're the the relatively local guys i know everybody here thinks that europe is the size of a shopping mall but it's not uh but you're there for that reason as well as to uh, make the the viking raiders look as good as possible in that situation but i'm very interested in the process of that as well yeah, so again, we had that we had that great that great match where we become the uh, first world champions in the history, and then we had a great a great little bit of fun then afterwards. When we dropped the belt and stuff like that. But I'm literally getting into bed. Uh, Mark's been down in Brighton, I think, uh, with the Raw crew uh, recording for his his podcast, The Love of Wrestling, and uh, literally, I get into bed, and usually I get to about nine ten o'clock, and I, I put my phone on silent, whatever, and I, if I see it buzzing, I say I just leave it, and it was on the side and for some reason that night I literally look over and there's a message and it says are you awake and uh, it's somebody from WWE and I reply yes I am so they ring me and they go oh can you be in Manchester tomorrow uh, literally at, at like this is like 10 o'clock 9 o'clock at night they go can you be in Manchester tomorrow for 11 o'clock in the morning and like yeah I can be why what's up they're going are you going to make your uh, your raw debut and I was like real calm like, like yeah cool yeah no problem no problem cool um, I'll just go pack my stuff Mark being told yeah yeah no problem Put the phone down. I'm talking like ten seconds afterwards. Mark rings me. You got you get the call? You get the call? I was like, Yeah, I got the call, man. He was like, Cool. I was like, I'm packing my stuff right now. Mark Mark was more frustrated that he had been with Raw, uh, the Raw team for the last couple of days, had all his stuff, and just got so they'd gone up the country. Mark had gone on a, on a train and gone all the way across the country and then was being told he had to go back up the country. And he was more annoyed that they if they had just told him Two hours earlier, he could have literally just got on the coach with them and, and came up. So then he was trying to figure out how he could get there for 11 o'clock uh, in the morning. So then he almost had to like, come up to here to meet me. And I had to go across and get him from a train station. And then we had to drive up together and stuff like that. But literally, we got told the night before that we were going to be on Monday Night Raw. Um, and we didn't even know what the match was. We, we kind of viewed rumblings. It might have been against the Viking Raiders, two guys that we knew from the Indies as well, which was absolutely great. Uh, always had a lot, of, uh, a lot of time for them guys. Uh, so when we got there, and that's another great thing as well about the relationships. I think if we had just been two guys that were just local lads and the Viking Raiders didn't know who we were, I think it very much could have been them going like, okay, you're going to come in. 
you're just going to get squashed. I think that it could it could have happened. They, again, that was their job. Their job was to you like want you to come in. We look strong. You're the champions. But I think because they knew us, and because they're such giving guys, they gave us too much. If I'm totally honest, like I know there was some looks when they went backstage that there was a little bit like like you guys maybe gave them a little bit too much. And I think they knew they did that as well. But they're such good guys. I think they were always going to try to make us look as good as possible because they knew how much it meant to us. And they also knew that if we did well, maybe it could lead to something else and something else. And it was so giving. But uh, yeah, we found it the night before. And it was a great experience as well, uh, especially being with them guys and them guys being so, so giving and uh, so willing to try to put us over as much as they could. Sean, I can't hear you at all. <laughs> that happens when I mute my mic. Yeah, I, no problem at all. Uh, that happens I occasionally. Uh, <laughs> that happened right smack dab in the middle of like that that ladder match between the tag title run between the Broserweights match. Like all this yeah. is sandwiched in like six months there as yeah. well. Like what what an insane series of events there. As we said, to go from that as well, like I said, we went from that, like the run of our lives, to then the whole world shutting down. And then going, okay, just just go sit in your house for six months. Oh. And you're just going, okay, okay, oh okay. Oh, my gosh. And when we, come back, we, we come back and there's no fans. We're in a studio and it's silent and it's quiet. And it's just kind of the whole world changed. So what are you looking forward to? Uh, for the rest of your 2023, I mean, again, part of your 2022, you were sidelined, you know, some, it was, it was a wild chain of events. How do you want to see the rest of your 2023 play out? I mean, obviously this impact match, everybody's expecting it to be a banger, but even beyond that. Like, I feel, especially given, I think I was on, I've gone on records well on, on Twitter and other things to say that like, for me, after COVID um, and having that time where we were in front of nobody and you were under, such, we were under scrutiny and didn't know what was right and what was wrong and I didn't know how I felt about wrestling. For me, I just really want to enjoy wrestling. That's what I want. So people have been asking me like, oh, how are you feeling about this match? Like for Impact, what, what are you thinking about it? And I just went, I just want to enjoy it. I said, it's Mark. I really just want to go out there. I want to enjoy the experience of getting on the international flight again with Mark and, and be, uh, with and with Danny going to a uh, going to a country I haven't been to in a while, seeing some sites I haven't seen, and then having some banger matches and just enjoying the process. I really, I really, really want to just do that and enjoy the process. I'd be lying if I said that I, I don't hope that Peter G comes back around again. Sure. I know that I know that uh, they can be very much like, here's your shots, here's your slots. Mm, yeah. And then if you don't, if you don't like, if it doesn't line up, sometimes they just keep on moving. And I understand he's he's done that to a lot of people, and I get it. That's how he works. Um, but hopefully we can we can get that lined up and we can do that. But yeah, for me, it's it's just about enjoying it, and and if that means being in front of bigger crowds and better crowds and crowds who just want to see us do our things, then that's great. I'd love to love to take off some more countries. I'm currently on 19. I'd love to take off 20. I haven't done 20 yet. Um, I hope I can do that at some point. But uh, yeah, for me, it's it's see a bit of the world see it with my friends and just have as much fun as I possibly can. And hopefully that leads to uh, more experiences and uh, bigger crowds. And as we wrap up, it looks like in a few months, one of those teams you all could be facing might be the grizzled young vets. They've been pretty public that they've asked for their releases and they're like, you know what? We didn't get them, but in October we'll be out there on the market. They've made it pretty abundantly clear. What did you think of when you saw that? Cause you've, you all have got a lot of experience with those guys. 
Yeah, I have. And uh, I'll be honest with you, even before WWE, there's like, I had a big rivalry with Gibson in, nat- in uh, Progress, Natural Progression Series. I had a big rivalry with James Drake down in Pro Wrestling Chaos as well. So before they even became a team, before me and Mark became a team and that happened, like I had a lot of history with them. Uh, yeah, um, I'm not, not going to say I'm shocked. They've always been guys that uh, walk to the beat of their own drum. They always find ways to get themselves over and they uh, they always do what they they want really and what they, they feel they need to and they're always better themselves. So kind of looking at what they're doing now and and I think the fact that they they have never held those NXT belts, the fact they haven't been called up after all these years, I just think is an absolute, I do think it's a travesty. I think Gibson was one of the hottest heels, not just in the UK, but in the world. And I believe yeah. they're one of the best teams in the world as well. I really do. And the fact they've never hold, held those NXT belts, the fact they haven't had a call up. And if I'm totally honest, the fact they're in that faction and the voice, sorry, the the mouthpiece is not Zach Gibson. That man's one of the best talkers in the world. He is. Yeah, he's a heat machine. And I just think maybe they've just looked at it and gone, well, there's other options out there. We're both still young. Let's, let's, let's get out, out there and let's try to uh, see what we can achieve over the next couple of years and uh, take off some stuff, I think. So I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying I knew it was happening. Um, I, of course, by everyone was a bit like, oh, oh, they are going to bet on themselves. <laughs> then when, you think, when you think about it, you are like, of course, they're going to bet on themselves. Yeah. And why shouldn't they? I believe they're one of the best teams in the world. And, uh, I mean, the UK is seeing some major events pop up over there. WWE is doing money in the bank. But AEW all in for, like, I think they've sold 65,000 tickets already. When you see that and you've been a part of a UK brand, how does that make you feel? Like, like, are is it all positive emotions? Is it conflicting emotions? Like, I want to be a part of that. Like, like ha- what goes through your mind? I'd be absolutely. I'd be anyone who comes on you who's a British wrestler and tells you, "Oh no, <laughs> don't be a part of it." They're lying through their teeth. It's not only looking like it's set to be one of the the biggest shows in the history of Europe. Like, I think what they was something like fifteen thousand away from it being the biggest wrestling yeah. event in, in Europe ever, but also like like bought tickets as well bought tickets it's more than some of wrestlemania's like that is legit and if you look at the the bought numbers for wrestlemania and where they are like they're up there with those numbers so anyone who's who's a wrestler let alone a british wrestler a wrestler telling you they wouldn't want to be in front of that crowd is absolutely lying but yeah um to see that and to see how hungry the british fans are for this this product it does of course make me go like you had a product you had a, a British product that was full of what some people considered some of the best wrestlers in the world. They had Walter, they had Ilya, they had Pete Dunne, they had British Strong Style, right? They had so many, they're Grizzly and Veterans. And I thought to myself, you had this roster of so many good people. And if, like, how does it end up just kind of trickling off and end up closing? Why wasn't it in front of stadiums? Why wasn't it selling out 10,000 arenas? Why wasn't that marketed in such a way? And you, of course, you do look at it and go, you had all those tools. You had a hungry fan base. Like they could have, like it was theirs for the taking. They could have took it. I mean, it. And, and not even that. Rhea Ripley, Tony Storm, Mako Samora, Kaylee Ray. Like Kaylee Ray. They were yeah, there. Of course. They were there. Like 100%. Like absolutely. The, the, like the women's division was really was the cream of the crop when it comes to how many people have gone on to do absolutely incredible things. Like, yeah, you just look at it and go, how did you, how did you not? capitalize on that so yeah i look at it and go 
what a waste. I do look at that and go, what a waste. But at the same time, I am like, good that there's good that the AEW are going right. Okay. Well, if you're not going to capitalize, we are going to capitalize. And I have a lot of people on that roster that I've wrestled or I'm friends with. And um, again, I'm there's always a part of you that wants to be part of that. There's, uh, that's that's what we get into it for. We want we want that. But also a part of me that's really happy and proud of seeing my friends succeed. Yeah, as of now, I think they have passed combined the highest paid WCW, ECW, and TNA attendance, which is insane. And there's a chance they could add ROH into that, but they had that super card at Madison Square Garden that kind of makes that a little bit a little bit tougher to do. But it's incredible. I, I'm going to London twice this year. I ain't never been. So uh, heading over there twice. Very excited for that. But I'm excited for Under Siege this weekend yourself. Mark Andrews against ACB, a couple of the best teams in the world. Uh, before we hop off here, tell the people where they can follow you on social media, where they can support you, and anything else that you want them to check out. Yeah, so uh, social media, I'm Flash underscore Morgan on Twitter. I'm at Flash Morgan Webster on Instagram. If you search Flash Morgan Webster on Facebook, you'll find me on there. As for supporting, um, we have uh, some – I know a lot of people have been asking about the subculture T-shirts and stuff like that. Uh, they'll be up on Pro Wrestling Tees from tonight. So, uh, yeah, go and grab some there. Uh, we don't do it national shipping at the moment uh, from our own stores. So we are setting that up for through Pro Wrestling Tees. So anyone who's in Canada or America and they want to try to get some T-shirts uh, ready for this weekend, then that's the way, way to go. And outside of that, really, um, the only other thing I'd say is uh, myself and uh, Wild Boar, uh, when we were in 2019, there was a company down here called Pro Wrestling Chaos, which were very good to us and helped us out when we were coming up and they were going to close their doors in 2019 and me and Wild Bull stepped in and purchased the company and uh, I think I think there's I think we've done 15 shows so far since coming back over the last yeah. last year uh, sold out 13 of those 15 shows uh, we haven't been on those shows either we're, they're just in place for uh, young wrestlers that that are hungry for it and are absolutely smashing it as well so if anyone wants to go support some young up and coming British wrestlers and see some of the stars of tomorrow Go check out uh, Pro Wrestling Chaos as well. Uh, guys, make sure you check out Under Siege. Uh, myself and Flash Morgan Webster, we're going to have to do this again because there, there's a whole series of things well before COVID that we did not cover. And uh, I, I feel like there are multiple conversations that we can have about your career, both uh, before then and several other things since then. But I want to thank you so much for taking the time. Thanks, man. We appreciate it. And hey, let's uh, let's get back on you. And hopefully, uh, I'll have the uh, Impact Wrestling Tag Team Championships on my shoulder. I hope so. I hope so, guys. Until next time, we're out.